Okay, let's open up. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for just all that you're doing, everything that's going on. We lift up all the classrooms around about the building. Father, we thank you that the truth is being fed into these kids, and we thank you that as we plant the seed, you're going to take care of everything else, Father. The ups and the downs in their life, they're still going to have that seed that is going to come forth and produce fruit. So we thank you for that. In here, open our hearts uh, for whatever time we have here this tonight. Open our hearts and, and let, us, let us see the importance of understanding uh, when the Lord's going to take us out of here. And we trust in you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're taking notes, this is going to be a little bit different. I don't know how long it'll go. So when I get done, we'll just visit. Uh, the title is Rapture and Grace. And I want to review a little bit, and that just we just need that. But I want to be talking as we get into this about the dispensation that we're living in right now. You say, well, what's dispensation? Dispensation is an allotted time for something that's going to be going on. There's a dispensation of this time that God has ordained. And I'll, I'll, give, you the, I'll give you the proper definition of it later. But we are in dispensation of grace, the church age. And as I studied, as I've been studying this and looking and reading and doing all that I, I do, I recognize that it had to be, rapture has got to be now. Rapture's got to be in this dispensation. So we might as well be ready to go out here. I'm ready. Anybody ready? I mean, I got a lot I want to do, but I know that it's going to be better wherever we go. Got a lot of people need to be saved, but. God knows the number on that, and Jesus don't even know that number. But rapture's, rapture really is it's, it's really the beginning. Yes. Uh, Neil, Neil and I was talking earlier. Uh, this is but a vapor, and whatever we're going through right now is tough sometimes, but it's still just a vapor. Uh, Chris, we, we bring that up a lot. That's what keeps him going, knowing that this is just really not as long as it seems to us, but all is going good there. But... What is rapture? It's not in the Bible as far as the word rapture, but it's a catching away. And there's many, many scriptures, a lot more than I thought before I started studying this. There's a lot more scriptures pertaining to that. And I'll have a couple, one we haven't talked about. But what's, what's going to be awesome about it, folks, is we're going to have new bodies. We're going to live in a totally new realm. We're not going to have worries. We're not going to have heartaches. We're not going to have people that drive us crazy. We're not going to have any of that. Now think about your everyday day. You know, as a pastor, uh, Donna is hanging out with me, and she's learning, what a pain you live in. Well, you love people, and you love people, and you love people, and you still get stabbed in the back. You know why that is? Because they're people. And it's funny how we do it to people and don't even know we do it. Because that's usually, I don't think any Christian purposes to hurt somebody. We do it because we don't know we're doing it for the most part. But life is that way. But, but think about it. When you get to heaven, everything's going to be perfect. I mean, that's hard to... Well, we, we don't even know what perfect is. Uh, you know, we're blessed and God's good and he's taking care of us and we know all that. And, and we're all blessed. We woke up this morning. But when we get to the place where you don't have it... You know, I could probably ask anybody in here... And if you could probably say, well, I hurt somewhere a little bit, or I've got something going on. I, I looked down at my foot this morning when I put my clothes on. I'm like, what's going on? The whole top of my foot's bruised, and I have no idea how it got bruised. Donna said, did you drop something on it? I said, I don't know. 
but we won't have any of that. Could you imagine? I was cutting some limbs up, and I had a branch come down across my arm. Well, boom. Well, I won't even have a, a bruise when I get to heaven. I'll have a perfect body. I mean, it's, it's so let's go. <laughs> anybody, anybody ready to get out of here? I know Raymond is. I, I know I am, but, but God's, God's got the plan. But the, the thing with rapture is, I think we've been taught so long the side of it where nobody knows, nobody knows. Well, I don't, I don't think the church itself is going to, the, the unbeliever is going to be blown away. And they're going to think we got taken out by aliens. They're working on that anyway. But we, we're, going to have a, we're going to have a sense and a feeling. That, uh, Greg, I, we texted a little bit this morning, and he said, I knew something with you was going on. Well, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's what's going on inside of us. Well, we, we send the note. Thessalonians 5.4. Paul said in the New Living Translation, but you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. You won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. We, we don't have the time. The Bible tells us that only God has the time. But yet we sense in our spirit that it's coming. Everybody is. Well, Jay and I was talking a while ago. Look how crazy the world's getting. He was saying that Prisker, our governor, is wanting to use the, the aliens, aliens, the immigrants, aliens, the immigrants to police Chicago. They're stupid, and then they're stupid. But, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we're seeing that we as Christians can recognize, no, this is how we're supposed to be living, and this is how we're supposed to be walking. And yes, we all make mistakes, and yes, we all fall short, but yet we know in our knower, we know in our spirit man, what it's really like. And we're seeing the world live like, I mean, you think about some of the stuff that people are accepting and doing, and the way they're living, and it's got to be a spirit. It's got to be a wrong spirit that's directing and guiding some of the stuff. That's, I mean, what kind of spirit would be on you to think that people not even in America is going to come over here and police Chicago? Yeah. I mean, our own police can't police Chicago. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just getting crazy all the time. But another area in, in the rapture that I've heard through my growing up time, I've always been a church person, is, well, you have to be living perfect during rapture and if you're cussing if you're doing anything wrong if you're smoking a cigarette if you're if you're smoking pot if you're drinking a beer if you're sitting at the tavern and i can make a list of all the things that, that is not good for us but i was taught if i was taught if you're watching a movie on sunday if you're going to the theater on sunday and rapture comes you won't go duh could you imagine trying to live under that well Many of us did had to live under that. Many are still living under that. That's not the only qualification that the Bible tells us. The only qualification is to believe that Jesus died and rose again. I want to read it. First Thessalonians 4.14. Since we believe that Jesus died and was saved to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back those who were dead. They, they get a split second before we do. You know, if it's a twinkling of an eye, when this is going to take place. That is not very long. I think, I think about, 
I think about my car when it's running its best. I can go from zero dead stop to 60 miles an hour in 3.2 seconds. Well, you can't even say 3.2 seconds in three seconds. Think about a twinkling of the eye. I mean, when it happens, I often wonder, are we going to leave our clothes behind? That's what you think? Jewelry and all? Should we hang around then? The whole bit. I mean, when you, you say, well, why are we talking about it? Because it's going to happen. And it's going to be interesting for the unbeliever that's going up and down that street out there. And I'm not saying everybody's unbelievers out there. But there are many that don't even know what church is anymore. There are many that's never even heard about Jesus. But they're going to go, wow. All the cars stayed in the parking lot Wednesday night. And then we went in to check. All their clothes was <laughs> stacked up. And their earrings were laying there. And, their, and then they'll come in in their unbelieving way, and guess what they'll pick up first? The earrings and the jewelry, and they'll think they've got it made until the Antichrist comes forth, because he comes forth after the fact, and then tribulation starts, and oh my goodness, could you imagine living in that time? But the fact is, the cross, the cross, basically Jesus on the cross did everything for us already. It's, it's taken care of. It's, it, is a, it is a done deal. But the word dispensation... The, the divine ordering of the affairs of the world, an appointment, an arrangement, and God, it, it, appointment and arrangement are favor as by God. In other words, this time of life, well, really, it's even our life. Our season is arranged by God, and we know that. Well, the word dispensation means this time of things that happen in the kingdom of God all the way from the beginning is di different dispensations. Now there is a religion that's called dispensationalist that they believe some weird stuff but I'm using their examples of the scriptures just to, to show a point tonight that there's a reason that during grace he's taken us out of here and he couldn't have done it any other time before. Let's just look at a few of them and I'll take my time here. Let me read let me read in Ephesians three or Ephesians one, seven through ten first. As I set this up, this dispensation stuff. <laughs> Verse seven, chapter one. Let's see if I can find it in here, small print. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of the redemption by his blood. Now this is in the Passion Bible. The total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. Now, pick up on what I'm saying here. His grace, his grace, his grace. The superabundant grace is already powerful working in us, releasing all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desires to us. The hidden mystery of his long-range plan, which he 
was delighted to impl impl implement from the very beginning of time. And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches the climax when God makes all things new in all heaven and, all, and earth through Jesus Christ. Now my point here is, he had a time and a place for everything that went on. And as we look at these dispensations, you're going to recognize that God's hand all the time was trying to set it up for us to be taken care of. The first dispensation I wrote down is the dispensation of innocence, if you're taking notes. That's what happened. We got Adam and Eve. He created Adam and Eve. And until they, until they made a mistake and sinned and the fall, that period in this thing I'm looking at is dispensation of innocence. They didn't know, but yet they sinned, all right? As, you, as we look at these different things, you're going to see that every time God set it up to, to, for us to have it made, we messed it up. Every time. Adam and Eve had it made. My gosh, what did they do? They walked, all they, all they had to do was walk in the cool of the garden and have a relationship with God. That's all they had to do. Everything was taken care of. But because of man, he stepped forward and he thought he could do better. Yes, he was deceived, but isn't that how we all are? I, I really don't believe any of us are doing, and I said it earlier, I really don't believe any of us that are really born again and have the Spirit of God are purposing to hurt people. I think we're deceived. And we think we're right in what we're doing in our hurtings. Otherwise, are you really born again? But in this situation, they really think about it. Satan come along and said, you know, don't you want to know good and bad? When all God wanted us to know was good. He said, walk with me and talk with me and do what I say. And really that's how we're supposed to live now. Walk with me, talk with me, and do what I say. And if we did that every day, everything would always be better. But this dispensation was a time of, of innocence, them not having any idea. They, just, they were the first to be deceived. I, I liked how the woman was the first one to get deceived, and the men all, all like that. But, but the man wasn't doing his job or it wouldn't have happened. Fact is, fact is. But that's, that's, the, dis, that's the first dispensation. The second dispensation is the dispensation of consciousness. Adam and Eve failed, and then this dispensation goes to the flood. Well, what happened during that time? Man thought that they could take care of it. Ended up the flood because they got so corrupt and so evil, God had to end it. That's how he, back then, he didn't end it with grace. Back then, he just got rid of them. Did he not? Well, why did he get rid of them? He got rid of them because he had, to, he had to bring the pure bloodline on through. So he had only a handful of people he put on a boat, and the rest of them got taken care of. Well, what happened in all that? Man messed up God's plan. Because their, his, their job was to repopulate. Their job was to take care of things. Their job was to fix everything. So that's, that's the dispensation. Then you've got the dispensation of human government. That was after the flood, and Noah was told, repopulate. 
Noah was told to repopulate. I thought this was interesting how I pulled this out. Noah was told to repopulate. What happened? It got crazy again because of man, and they built the Tower of Babel because they could do all things. What's happened to this dispensation? It had to fall, so what did God do? He scattered everybody, and it was tore up again. It's amazing how every time God's got a plan, every time man comes along and messes it up. He, he is so good at that. And then, then we've got the next one, the dispensation of promise. Well, what's that? Well, we've got the Jewish people that were in bondage for, I think, like 1,500 years, and then they got set free, and then they, they, they made it all the way to the Jordan River. But look how long it took them to get there. And look how many of the originals made it across. Once again, man messed up in that dispensation. You say, well, why are you bringing up these? Because we've got to recognize that every time there was a change, God was in the midst of trying to help us. God was in the midst of trying to help us. He took us to the promised land. And all the while, we belly ached all the way to get there. He fed us. He gave us water out of a rock. But yet, it wasn't fed. Could you imagine? I mean, I'm sure you, get, you would get tired of it. But every day, everything's made for you. I bet they had manna stew. They had manna casserole. They had manna this and manna that. But still, they were fed. But yet, through it all, it took 40 years to get where they could have done just in a few days. Once again, man messed it up. But that was the dispensation of promise. Then the dispensation of law. Everybody knows that one. That's the Mosaic law. That's the one that I was just talking about, 1,500 years. We're told by law what you had to do. And the only reason God had that was because he was coming with the next dispensation. He was coming along and he was going to give us this grace. But he had to show you and I. And what's crazy about this one is we have got more people still living under law than we do grace. You've got to live this way. You've got to be that way. And we're so bad at when we live under law in our own self, we become self-righteous. Because what we're doing is if anybody doesn't live up to the standard of what the Bible says, they're not even worth it. You see it all the time. Well, that person won't talk to me. That person won't do it my way. So that person, I'm not even talking to that person. That's nothing but judgment. That's nothing but living under the law. And you don't even know you're living under the law. Grace loves everybody. But see, we messed it up again because we couldn't do it. But he knew we couldn't do it. He put us there. He, he put it there just to show us. Fact is, you, you can't do it. But then the, the last one, I'm going to talk about this till, till I run out of talk tonight. Dispensation of grace. The church age. When you really get a handle on grace, you will not judge another person. He could not take the church out until we become grace people. He could not take the church out until we become one that's not judging everybody. He could not take the church out. Now you say, well, what are you talking about? Well, what is grace? Grace is Jesus died for everything. So now, God's looking at you and I, perfecto. So he can take the church that is perfecto out. He couldn't take the other groups out. 
He couldn't take any other dispensation out, no matter how, how much he wanted to. He couldn't bring them. He couldn't bring them to heaven with him. He couldn't, he couldn't use them later during the millennium. He couldn't use... It, 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 it's, it's a time of, of no judging at all. See, God is looking through corrective lenses. Can I say it that way? I mean, it's, it's kind of like us to wear glasses. I mean, especially this one here. Now, if I had to depend totally on this eye right now, that seven... I can't even read what it says. That 736 back here, I'd be in trouble because it's distorted. But with my corrective lenses and my corrective glasses, I can see perfectly that says 736. God's not looking at anything you... I've got to be careful of this because people get mad at me. He's not looking at anything you do wrong. Nothing. Well, you mean I can do what I want? No, because no, you're going to suffer the consequences of that. You reap what you sow. But only way he can take this church out, and I'm talking about this church, I'm talking about the church as a whole, the only way he can take the church out is to have a perfect church. He's got to have a bride that's spotless. Well, there's, are you guys spotless? None of us. Everybody here makes mistakes. Everybody here suffers the consequences of the mistakes we made. Everybody here has made choices that's hurt many, many people and hurt yourself. Everybody here. So he couldn't, he couldn't bring the church out. Many, many times throughout history, he's tried to set things up so he could grab the church. But he knew at the end, all right, all right, this last one. And you say, well, did he have this plan? Yes, he had a plan because he, had, he gave everybody a free will. And he wanted everybody to use their free will just to walk with him in the cool of the day and listen to him. That's all he's after. He's after, he's after a bride that will just be there. But we've always messed it up, always messed it up. And we're even trying to mess it up now. I mean, think about it. We, we've got churches that are teaching terribly false doctrine. They're, they're allowing people in the pulpits that have no business being in the pulpits. Now, I'm not judging those people, but they're not the ones that need to be teaching us. They're the sick ones. But we're not sick in God's eyes. You say, well, that person living this lifestyle, they'll never go to heaven. Who are you? According to God, he's okay if he knows you. You say, well, he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing. I have thoughts I shouldn't have. You're all looking like you don't have no wrong thoughts. We can look at, we can look at what he said in the Gospels. If you think it, you've done it. And he said that because he knew the only answer was Jesus to die for you and I. And Jesus died them for you and I. And then now the church can go. And that's why I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to blow your mind. How it's coming. You, we can't run like things are running now. It'll never, it'll never make it. But I'm excited because when I seen this, it, this thrilled me. Because I could see how he's, he, all along, Adam and Eve, you, you got it made, man. You, you, you eat anything you want. You can live however you want. You got it made. Just walk with me and just talk with me and just do what I say. Cool. But instead, well, I've, let me see if there's a better way. Let me see the bad. Let me see the good. Let me see. You don't need to know the evil. That's why, and that's why during the teaching of just church age, you don't beat the people up in the church as a pastor. You don't beat the people up as, as teaching the kids or anybody. You don't beat the... All you do is tell them the right thing to do. You don't judge them. You don't look at them. You just tell them the right thing to do. 
I mean, it's kind of like I'm a car nut, so I wouldn't, why would I have somebody tell me how to tear the engine up? They would tell me how to fix. This is how you fix it. 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 How do they look at counterfeit money and know it's counterfeit? Because all they're taught is the real. And that's all God's wanting to go on now during the grace age. But he's trying to raise up a people that will start accepting everybody for wherever they are. Now, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying this is God's way. And if they get born again, let him clean them up. Let them come in the doors however they come in the doors. I don't care if they're polka dotted. If they love Jesus, who are we to judge what they look like or what they smell like or what they're doing? So much of it, we get in people's business, and it's none of our business what they're doing. Well, they shouldn't be doing that. Well, who are you? You're not even touching on grace. You're touching on law. You're trying to get me back under bondage. You're trying to get them under bondage, and they're trying to get out of bondage. Are you following me? So, so, so what's my point tonight? My point is, all these dispensations that I brought up, all these... I mean, think about it. He, he took... He took them out of slavery. He gave them, he them the money that they had. The Egyptians give them the money and the, the gold and all the stuff and sent them out. And then Pharaoh come to get them and he crossed them through the Red Sea. And the list goes on and on. He fed them. He, he, but yet at the same time, man thought they could do it their way. And we're kind of doing the same thing. It's no different than church. Church becomes real easy after so many years, becomes a social club. And every, only people that feel like they can come in are the people that's here. And nobody comes in new because they're afraid they'll be judged. It's got to end. I'm ready for Jesus to come back. But he's not coming back till he gets everybody he wants to get. Well, we're not getting everybody if we're going to live judgmental, if we're going to live, if we're going to beat the kids up, beat the people up, beat the classes up, if we're going to tell the kids they're going to hell if they don't live this way. They know that. Tell them what's right. Tell them what's good. I'm telling you what's good. God loves you. There's no sense being condemned because you made a mistake. Just get over it and get on with life. He's already forgiven you. That's what I love about it. I can pull something or say something. I go, oh, Lord, you know I'm sorry. But I know you forgive me. And I know God's looking at me like you're okay. You'll be, so he can take me. But if I'm living under the law, am I even saved? Or am I still under the old covenant and I'm not saved yet? Because see, if I believe what Jesus did for me, then I as an individual have to believe that that's what it is for everybody that hurt me. See, I'm a pastor. I've been pastoring 30 plus years. And I've been, I, um, I've been stabbed so much I can't even explain it. I had to learn early to forgive immediately. Because that's my position. We've all got to live this way, folks. Because everybody here is going to get hurt. Everybody here is going to face stuff you don't want to face. If we can't get back to grace, we're going to be in trouble. And we know grace, but we don't know grace. We, we, we named it grace, but we still, for the most part, I don't, I don't know it like I should know it. I catch myself talking about people. I catch myself judging people. I do it too. But I know it's wrong because I know if I'm still thinking that way, then I'm not giving them grace. I'm not giving them the ability. If I'm cutting anybody down about anything they're doing, 
who am I? Well, you're discerning. Well, that don't make any difference. You don't have to judge. Because he tells us to discern. That's just for our own safety. But he doesn't say to judge what you discern. He says to just recognize what you discern. God's got this whole picture. That's what's neat about it. He's got everything. He's got, he's got my tomorrow. He's got your tomorrow. And we've got to come to the place of recognizing all the Old Testament and all the way back, all the way back. And I, I get so tickled. I seen a thing uh, just yesterday, I think it was on YouTube, where the new telescope that's out, James Webb Telescope, it's now recognizing that it wasn't a big bang, that something created what's here. They're saying that on the news now. And some of the, I don't, I don't even follow that. You ought to see some of the pictures of out there. It's wild. They had one the other day that it was like, holy mackerel, it just looks like heaven itself. But they're seeing it. It's not something that just, bang, here it is. But it probably was just something that God said, let it be. And it's still going at a rate they don't even know what they're going to do with it. Well, there's nothing they can do with it. They didn't create it. Man trying to get in, in the room again, and he can't do it. God's got, God's God's got this whole picture. Uh, Don and I have talked a lot lately. And I've, I've, allowed, I've allowed myself to get too consumed with problems that I have to face as far as everyday church. I can't fix any of it. Can't. Only he can. But what he's got to do is change each one of us individually by us recognizing we've got to get locked into grace. And we've got to recognize that he loves everybody. And I don't care what they look like, what they smell like. If they said yes to Jesus and believe he died and rose again, they're going to be in heaven. And who are we to judge how they're living or what they're doing? I understand there's extremes to that. But it's still none of our business. It's God's business. And that's the only reason I wanted to bring this forth tonight, to recognize all the dispensation that went on, he could not have took us. But folks, he can take us because of grace, because of Jesus. He can grab us right now, every one of us, and we're all, in his eyes, man, that's a good group. Yes. Well, what's good about it is Jesus is up there and he says he's our advocate and he's our lawyer. And well, what's he doing? He's going, devil, shut up. They're perfect. Well, I, look what they're doing. What are you talking about? I already took that punishment. I already took that. I died for it. That's what I died for, all that. That's, that's what's going on. And in fact, we are okay. You say, well, yeah, but. No, we're, we're okay. Start talking about it. I had a person tell me today, if, you, if you're praying for rain, then take an umbrella. so true quit worrying about things quit, quit worrying about everybody else's business just start loving people and enjoying the day I, I've said it now even end up making a song about it love God love people and go to bed and watch what God does Father we thank you we've got 10 or 12 minutes to visit and I thank you that you've, you've doesn't run through what I wanted to say tonight. I can't say anymore. I'll just make it bad for everybody, Lord. I want to follow your grace in this and trust in you. And thank you, Lord, that everybody here, Lord, you're going to start working in every one of us 
to help us to be that person that walks in grace and understand that you are grace and you've done everything for us, Father. We trust in you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Call you blessed. Visit or whatever you need to do. We've got about 10 minutes or so.